0: Springster is fun for a girl and a boy. It's The Coco Show, episode 20. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Springster. Tell me about your experience with Slinkies.
1: You know... I know Slinkies were always a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm an older guy, and as you remind everyone. And so uh, those sorts of toys were a lot more popular back when I was younger. And I did have Slinkies. I had knockoff Slinkies, you know. And ultimately, what happened to me with the Slinkies is uh, I would always they would always get screwed up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The, right. They wouldn't coil back right, or they'd get wound to, into itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, those things, when you bought them, it's a lot like silly putty or something. When you got that stuff, it's got a shelf life that it runs out pretty quick because the kids got to screw those suckers up. Yeah. Now, if you watch the kids on TV with the Slinkies, they'd have the Slinkies going down ramps and stairs, mm-hmm. and all this crazy crap. You're like, holy smokes. In real life, man, you spent most of your time like begging the slinky to do one eighth of the cool stuff it could do. And I never had much luck with the slinky. If you were
0: gonna rank, you know, your classic children's toys uh from your era. Of course you have the old the hoop and the stick. Yeah. You've got the, the, the silly the stick. putty. Yeah. We didn't have that.
1: What? My God, that's that's real old. The hoop and the stick. Well you are I didn't real grow up old. in the fifties.
0: <laughs> okay, you got your silly putty you got your Stretch Armstrong and you got <laughs> your Slinky.
1: Yeah, yeah. What,
0: what, where are you going to rank? Where, where are you going to rank those?
1: You know, I would love to say that I didn't have any of those, but I had them all. I mean, or something new. someone, like the Stretch Armstrong—that's another thing. And all, and it was very—you know, kids. All we did was just destroy crap. That's what. So <laughs> old Stretch Armstrong, we'll we'll stretch that sucker. And by God, Wilster, we'll, we stretched him until he broke, or we'd wrap him around himself, mm-hmm. you know, and screw him up. Uh, if someone in the chat mentioned light bright, I had one of those. I had spire graphs, and yeah, very similar. I love the one thing about light brights is that you would be playing with a light bright, right? You're making that picture, and mm-hmm. you, you've and also you'd run out all these pictures. But the problem is, they were those little pointy gimmicks. You get those suckers yeah. in, in that shag carpeting, mm-hmm. that lights you up.
0: You're not going to find them.
1: Also, once you put your once you took all the time to put those light brights together, you didn't want to take them apart, so ultimately. You would get it would get kicked over and it all come out and they'd sit there in your room for a month or two mm-hmm. months. So an inspirograph, I mean, it's basically that's almost like geometry.
0: So you're really hitting your borderline <laughs> and now it's like your borderline buddy. in the educatment got categories. Yeah, you
1: got that right, buddy. It's exactly right.
0: So um well, yeah, with the light bright, I'm I'm there with you. They never show in the commercial the kids painstakingly taking out each one of those tiny lights. You know, to make the next picture. That's did you,
1: you? Those things are still around. Like even my kid had a. Light All of that bright. stuff
0: is still around. I mean, because parents buy what they had, what they were, what they were. You know, when they were kids. Uh, one thing that I think that was unique to my generation that I did, I think, didn't come. Like you probably didn't have this. Was Magna Doodle.
1: Uh, is that where you put the little metal filaments to make the guy hair and stuff? No, that- no,
0: no, no. Magna Doodle is like a—it's like a pad, sort of like an etch-a-sketch pad that you draw on it. But at the end of the at the end of the pen is a magnet, and it's picking up magnets from below the surface, so you can draw pictures with the magnet. I think the boy had one of those, you know, back. Mm-hmm. And then in you the wipe it—you to wipe it clean. Yeah, but you yeah. did have an etch-a-sketch, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had those. Listen,
0: I've seen people draw stuff with etch-a-sketches that you wouldn't believe
1: yeah the uh, you know i could bake a box or mm-hmm. see or maybe a, the back of a truck that was a longer box like a rectangle right but the etch-a-sketch uh you wanted to see what was in that that's another problem that had toys have like what's <laughs> in a stretch armstrong there's gotta be some gel or something there so you get in there mm-hmm. you rip those suckers open you know and then and that's in the stretch armstrong or the etch-a-sketch you know that, it's funny, my kid now, and I don't know how all kids are because I still see toy commercials. He gives no craps about toys, none. He wants his phone, he wants his Switch, he wants his Nintendo three uh, Ds. That's pretty much all he wants. His computer, mm-hmm. so I mean, toy manufacturers, I can see why Toys R Us went out because those days are over, man. The Slinky, and I don't think Slinky's coming back. He'll be around for nostalgic purposes, but he ain't. There's gonna be a big Slinky comeback anytime soon.
0: Maybe they'll get into NFTs. That's the next step.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't even go there.
0: <laughs> All right, Aaron. Enough of this banter. Let's talk about Springster for the Tandy <laughs> uh, Color Computer.
1: You know, it's funny, Boat. I had I had always heard of this like game on the periphery. of like I barely knew about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I looked into it this week, everyone else on Earth was exactly like me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this game did exist. It, 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 but uh, that's pretty much where the knowledge ends on the old Springster. But let's get into it as best we can. Uh, this was a, a Tandy Car Computer 3 exclusive boat, right. In every sense of the word, you couldn't get it on any other Tandy, and you couldn't get it on any other machine. This mm-hmm. was a Tandy Car Computer 3 exclusive put out by the awesomely named. Spectral Associates boat. Yeah. Big is there a high name? profile.
0: High profile publisher for the for the for the Coco.
1: Yeah. They did a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. then they just and then ultimately I looked into them. Uh, I believe they were they were out of Texas. Ultimately, they just went away. Mm. <laughs> but they were one of those companies. <laughs> they just went away. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, Radio Shack published this. This came out in '87 uh boats. So this is a real early uh Coco 3 title. Um in fact, before we get too deep into it, I actually, when I when I got my last big load of stuff, I own this game. There it is. If you're, looking, if you're wondering what the Springster looks like, and it actually has... What I like about it is if you look, you can actually see the instructions are painted on the cartridge. Look at what that.
0: What a strange way to paste that on there where the artwork overlaps over the label part, or, you know, over the spine of the... <laughs> it's yeah.
1: Just, it's just, I get cool the feeling that they just didn't there. give a
0: crap about it. <laughs> you know, get what, that feeling with a lot of Coco stuff. Well,
1: I just... <laughs> How many cartridges have you ever bought in your whole life that had the instructions? Or had, and and the it's got the pitch written on it, right yeah. on the front. So, you know what it probably was. You know the cocoa boxes. Maybe they. Just, of course, it did have an instruction book that sat in front of it. So I don't know why they did that. It's very odd. So, um, this of course required the one twenty eight k. This mm. supports one or two players in hot seat, uh, which is kind of neat. So, when you oh, when you load this game up, it asks you if it, it supports the, the uh, composite or RGB setup, which is nice. Uh, it also asks how many players, and you have a skill level between 1 and 3, which is nice. Uh, and so, then it draws the board. Now, the board on this, it looks. It's very. If like, if the spectrum had a few more colors, you would. This was the kind of board you might get, isn't it, But It's yes. kind of that, yeah, because isometric it's, it's, almost. It's
0: isometric, and the board is you know mostly blue and white. You know, the walls of the, the 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 structure are blue, and then the the squares are white, and then of course you've got the colored squares.
1: Yeah, I, this game when you boot it up, a lot of people mistakenly think to themselves, "Hey, this looks like a Cubert." I mean, first of all, the Coco facilitates clones. So when you see something, the first thing you do is try to figure out what they're ripping off right, almost every right. time, right? And so you're like, well, what is this? Does it look sort of like a Marble Madness or a, or a Crystal Castles? But it's really it's. I don't think I've ever played a game like this. This <laughs> is my, unique. This is a it, unique it game. A there's unique... not a lot
0: of games for the Coco that you can really say it's a completely unique idea. This is one of them.
1: That's true. So you play the Springster, and the Springster is a slinky. Let's call it what it is, or a or mm-hmm. what are they, there's a generic term for what that toy is a spring-based spring based to- device, spring based toy, and the Springster roams around this isometric maze. And th- you have a you have to obey the laws of the springster, which are you can go down one level or up one level, but you can't go up more than that. So there are plenty of times where you'll come across a ledge that's like two or more levels. You've got to go around and find a way up or down. All right, that's the way it is, just like a real slinky. You get the slinky can get down one stair, but if you try to put the slinky down two or three stairs, it
0: just falls to its death. That's right. in this game. Now, it now I, I you like do slinkies. The, the, this slinky can actually travel up upstairs as well.
1: Yeah, so. The, the playfield boat, and this is according to the documents, is composed of 256 squares, okay? A lot of squares, boat. Yeah. And on top of these squares, you're going to get several different things. They're either going to be a blank white square, or there'll be an item. Now, there are there are eight items that could be in this thing. You've got a flask, a ring, a candle, pot of gold, crown, diamond, scepter, and then uh, if you get to certain levels, you can get them, a melon, okay, which we'll get to that. Uh, you've also got bad guys there that, that are going around. Uh, you've got, and you don't, these guys aren't on every level, I don't think. You've got Blork, Stomper, Hoodmaster, Spudman, and Assassin. And oh. these guys roam around. Okay. So now this game gets complicated in terms of what's going on. So I'm going to try to, I've got the rule book here because I had to have the rule book open when I played this because I've tried to play this without the rule book. It's way too complex. I don't. I'm yeah. assuming you did the same thing. Well, so, I,
0: I went. I, I always go to the rule book with these Coco games because you never know what's lurking. Right. So I mentioned that you've got you've got all these squares. Most
1: of them are white, but occasionally you'll see a colored square, and different colored squares do different stuff. Okay. If you land on purple squares, those only come out when you're pretty much when you're finishing the level. Okay. So mm-hmm. to get a purple square, you have to activate it. Okay red squares will activate the purple squares to open but you've got to have the pot of gold in your possession when you touch the red square to open the doorway the gimmick in these game in this game is that the purple squares lead to an inter our interdimensional doorways
0: mhm all right it basically you, that's how you get to the next level in common parlance
1: right if you've got a, if you've got a zap there's a little th- a, there the word zap is written on the screen if you walk onto a red square and you hold your button it will zap anything else in the game that's on that that square, on a red square. So that's a way to kill some of the enemies. And then the zap has like, I think it's like a 30-second reset timer, all right? So, and it's funny because if you think about it, that isn't a huge help. <laughs> no. Basically.
0: No, because you're you you are constantly pursued by your foes in this game. Right. And if you're just hanging out on a red square waiting for other things to be on a red square, that's not the most efficient use of your time.
1: Then you've got green squares. All the bad guys on green squares are killed when you land on a green square. Yeah,
0: the green square is where you want to be hanging out more often, and the green squares are also, I believe, more plentiful, or maybe there's an equal number of squares. Well, eventually, I
1: don't know, but... if you land on a, if eventually the green squares will turn black.
0: They'll, just, yeah, they'll run out of juice.
1: If you land on a permanently black square, you die. So they mm. turn sort of turn the tables. Right. All right. Now, then you've got the dark blue squares. Those can have hidden prizes in them. If so when you go on those, and they can have hidden if And if you're holding the emerald ring, and you move one to one and hit the button, you can make it throw the enemy that's chasing you off your trail. Does this sound complex? It is. It's okay? incredibly complex. Then you've got the light blue squares, though, and on those, that's basically like where the bad guys come out from another plane on the earth. So they're basically like bad guy generators. If you hit the fire button when you're holding the candle. And move onto a light blue square. It'll make you invisible to all the bad guys except the Hoodmaster. Okay, now can you tell the difference between the Hoodmaster and all these other guys? Probably not because these guys are pretty small. So I'll try desperately to figure out who was who. And I don't. I'll, who knows? I don't know who it is. Now that each treasure has a different point value, and if, if after you go through the maze on le, on uh, I think it's level eight and on sixteen. And 24, but on certain mazes, you can get the melon, which is ultimately what you're going after. Which is th- stupid.
0: I well, mean, th- I th- who decides to make the melon the ultimate prize when there's a pot of gold, a magic scepter, an enchanted ring?
1: If you think about it, here? Boat, in the land where there are pl- hundred, 100,000 crowns and pots of gold... That melon's worth a lot, because you ain't going to be true. eating a pot of gold. you you got
0: a good point. And it's not, it's not
1: like there's a McDonald's right here that says, now accepting gold. So melons, yeah. it turns out, are pretty valuable. Uh, so ultimately, the goal of this game is to, is to get off the maze and get to the maze, the, like the sixth maze in, I think it is, where you can get the melon, and then you sort of go and reverse through the maze just to get the melon out of there, Okay. This game also has a timer. And (laughs) I should mention on the side, a big hourglass. And uh, so you've also got to contend with that. And you also have to get treasured a certain amount of time, too. This game has too many rules, I guess Mm -hmm. is where I'm going here, Boat. Give me your thoughts on the... I mean, I know you read this book.
0: Here's the thing. There's a lot to remember, but you don't have to remember everything all the time. You
1: can't! That's impossible! Yeah.
0: Yeah. What you need to remember is that you need to get the pot of gold, you need to land on a red square, and then you need to go to the purple square to get to the next level, okay? That's really all you need to know. Now, you're not going to be able to get out of the level until you collect all the items, so you've got to collect all the other items as you go. Yeah. But all the rest of that stuff, like the zap stuff, and and knowing what other what squares like the other hidden treasures are on, and stuff like that. The whole thing about throwing the guys off your path with whatever square that was—I never paid attention to any of that stuff. You can still have fun with this game without knowing all the rules, and there's something to be said for having a complicated rule set that isn't absolutely necessary that you need to be familiar with in order to enjoy the game. That said. It was like this guy knew he was only going to be making one game in his life. And he, by God, he was going to throw every single idea he had in there.
1: It reminds me of those board game competitions when you go to CharCon.
0: It's like, some yeah. guys this
1: is his first game, so it's <laughs> going to have cards, dice, a spinner. It's going to have
0: everything. That's right. That's right. It's a work. worker placement, resource management, trading simulator, space trucker game.
1: So here's the hidden hilarity to this game, and you sort of touched on it. You've got blue squares. you got light blue and dark blue squares, green. you got orange. You've got different treasures that activate the squares in different ways. you got five or six different bad guys, all right? You've got levels that we have to get a melon, all right? You've got all that. You've got a zap or a timer, okay? You've got all this stuff, this big, complicated mess, and yet this game somehow finds a way to actually be kind of good because I actually enjoyed the game yeah. after yeah. saying all that stuff. I did enjoy the game, and I am much like yourself, both, uh, with a la- because again I owned it, but I never replayed really it with a layman's knowledge of the rules. And the rule book literally opened beside me. And I'm not mm-hmm. lying about that. I sat, I turned the screen on, uh, so I could see what the stuff did. I enjoyed playing the game. Now, why? Well, it's actually challenging. It looks nice. Uh, it, it well, it, okay. You know. uh,
0: let's 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 reverse a little bit.
1: Okay, please.
0: I don't think this game looks nice. Really? I think that, I think this game looks, it looks too detailed to be abstract. Um, the enemies in this game, you've got what look like little like pygmy voodoo dolls. Yeah. And then you've got what looks like a red sock. The red sock is sort of your nemesis. I don't believe, I, I'm i surely the instructions <laughs> name these creatures.
1: It did. I, I read the names, but they are the, you've got your, uh, the Blork. The Blork mm-hmm. is, is like a guy with his little hand sticking out like this. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Stomper,
0: which is the shoe. That's the, that's sock, the sock you were talking yeah. about. Now, and what's the, the owl-looking thing?
1: Well, you, that's the Spud Man.
0: Oh, of course. <laughs> Listen,
1: now, what a name. <laughs> then you've got the Hood Master... These are all That's like this skull. is like someone started their own like minor league wrestling promotion. I think tonight <laughs> the Stompers taking on the Hoodmaster with the Spudman cornering him, and then you've got the Assassin like I said in Blork. It's just like it's like a small time promotion run out of like cross lanes.
0: Yeah. The the, the the problem is is that the graphics are just too low fidelity to really to really get a sense of like what these guys are, and as a result, it just makes it look very sort of childish and simplistic yep. i'm not a fan of the way the enemies are rendered if, in this game if, i if, think the spring looks cool yeah i got no problems with the uh i got no problems with the uh the way that the, the levels are laid out but you either got to make the enemies look a little bit more simplistic or maybe somehow up everything which i guess maybe you'd have to make the board smaller to make and and so i don't know that to me kind of cheapens the game the the enemies are not animated they sort of just kind of blunder around. They they disappear and reappear. It's totally different than Qbert, you know, which we, you know, there are natural comparisons to be made where you see the enemies bouncing around in Qbert. Like when you see the little spring thing in Qbert yeah. and it's bouncing around, it looks like a cartoon. But this is very primitive. Very well, primitive. You know, I
1: think, that, I mean, listen, there, there's a lot moving around.
0: I think, yeah. I there's mean, a I, lot saw, of, yeah, I think I, it's okay. It, it, but. But, I think there were sacrifices made. Well, get I this, just, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I mean, these bad guys aren't just... Run- Listen to this, okay? And you may not have read this. You've, these different bad guys are completely different. Like, for example, the Hoodmaster, he only comes directly at you when you're invisible. Otherwise, he just wanders around. Mm-hmm. The Spud Man creates new bad guys, right? The Assassin causes up-down doorways to close. Yeah. You know, the spring oh, stomper. He don't just get stomps me wrong. you. you know, that's cool. They made all the bad guys totally different. I think,
0: I think my only complaints are with the looks. Every I mean the enemy personality types. That's insane. That's awesome. That's super yeah. cool. I I,
1: I think that I mean, listen, yeah. It's a lot. It reminds me of sort of like sensible soccer. You've got these tiny little guys that are so small. It's like there's a, t- a it's not like there's a boatload of detail, right. in Imagine,
0: there. like, if you're listening to this and you you can't see what we're looking at. Yeah. Imagine the sensible soccer guys moving, sort of, just kind of floating around a a the, this this grid. That's what you've got.
1: This is almost like now. This is gonna. <laughs> this reminds me of like you know the 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 planes of hell, right? That's what these guys... <laughs> no, tell they me more like, about the planes. They account. look like little devils or something yeah. coming at you. Yeah. And then you're... I mean, you can't possibly win. <laughs> So it just reminds me of what you would do. Like, well, instead of pushing the boulder, Because, you know,
0: unlike most games, being touched by the majority of the enemies in this game do- doesn't kill you. The little, the little, uh, the little dolls just get in your way, they impede your progress. Uh, the, the spud master, you can kill the spud master just right off by just like running into him. The demonic sock was always the thing that I was, it's the, most the spud
1: man of. and the stomper. It's a demonic shoe boat. Get it right. Mm. Not a demonic sock but yeah it it's wack. let's just say this is a one wacky game it's a right? wacky but, game yeah. um believe it or not boat this is impressive uh according to the docs there are 32 different levels that are laid out in this that's a lot and like I said the the level layouts are pretty neat and it's it also draws them surprisingly quickly. You know, if you ever played Crystal Castles, this is way faster as it lays them out. Than, you know, in terms of like you don't have to sit around waiting in between levels.
0: Right, uh, right. That that part of the game, I definitely appreciate the speed because, uh, it, it, again, like you say, for a game like this, you would expect these levels to just be drawn really, really slow, like golf course style.
1: Right, right. So, I mean, do you like this? Is that what you're saying? Or Yeah, do you not know I, I had a
0: lot of fun with this game. It's incredibly unique. And for me, that is like one of the best things that I can say about a game is like, this is a game that is unlike any other game that I've played to a large extent. So there hats off to Spectral Associates for bringing this out.
1: I've got to say it is a one odd ball game, but, and really I think if someone could master the documentation on it, you know what I mean? You might have something here that might be sort of fun. I'm not 100% sure if, if anyone would have that kind of attention span. To be honest with you, because right. they would be, it would be difficult to pull out. But I want to give this in a weird way. I mean, it seems like we just sat here and killed it for ten minutes. But in a weird way, I think it's kind of fun. I really enjoyed it. I did not see again. This game barely exists. I mean, no one talks about it. There's very little on the internet. Uh, most information I got came from Moby Games and from Elkar's Boyle site. Right. Uh, so really, the most information you're going to get about this game is to just get the docs, which they're mm-hmm. out there. Uh, but otherwise, uh, you're boned there. I looked on eBay. There are cartridges available. I mean, clearly, I got mine as well, part of a deal, so they're out there. Uh, and they're selling between uh, $12 and $30. I actually saw one go for 4 bucks. So if you're if you're wanting to go in this cheap, I believe this came, despite the fact that I've got the graphic up there with the uh, official Radio Shack case, I believe this came in one of the clear plastic, like, uh, uh, cases that just hang they hang on a, hook, a hang type
0: case, you yeah, know, acrylic. and so mm-hmm. I don't
1: think, I don't think they actually had a pa- paper case, but I did, th- it does have docs, you know, like a, a square documentation book. Uh, so you can, that is something, I mean, co- one thing, you know, if, if, uh, Odyssey two cartridges are ultra collectible because they look so cool, TRS city car computer cartridges are the exact opposite. Yeah. The boxes are all the same and they're crap. And so, it's, you know, I mean, with a few exceptions. Although I do
0: enjoy the Spud Master's look there on the the, on the Spud- label.
1: <laughs> I enjoy the fact that you know that you actually identified
0: the Spud Master. So good for you, Boat. But uh, I think that's a long and short of it,
1: But do we get any Discord action on this? We
0: did. We did. L. Curtis Boyle. All hail, he writes, A game that I had to play again, as it has been a while. I do remember when I first got it, trying to remember all the colored squares and treasures and how they interacted threw me off wanting to play the game. Uh, The game itself being a kind of treasure hunting cross between Q-Bert and Christopher castles with a bunch of special power color squares added is actually quite good and original. Once you do memorize the various colored squares and how to use them, you can get away with a few basic rules, um, collecting all the treasures, including the ones you have to unhide by doing various things, blah, 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 quite enjoyable once one gets the hang of it. I give it a 7.5 out of 10, mostly for originality. The sound is minimal, but functional. The graphics were a good early attempt at using the Coco 3's new sixteen color mode at the time. It's a very colorful game. It's
1: yeah, colorful it is. Game. It looks. I think it looks great. I, I disagree with you on that.
0: Graham W. Webkey writes: Who doesn't like controlling a slinky? As Curtis has said, this was just this was tough to figure out without a manual. And at first, I just moved around the screen and touched the colored squares to see what they did. I figured some of them out, but it took longer to realize the correct way to use them. I eventually cheated and watched a long play video, which still didn't help a lot, but I did <laughs> learn a few other things and that were not so obvious. It does indeed remind me of Crystal Castles in the way it draws on screen, and that adds to its charm. The different heights on the squares add to the challenge of forcing you to go certain ways with timing. I do wish there were more sounds, and if the playfield was maybe 12x12 12 12 instead of 16x16, 16 16, things would have been a little easier to see. Overall, I had a good time with this and jumped for joy when I reached plane 2. 7 out of 10. And Frodo NL himself, he writes, One starts by reading the manual and being confused. Then one decides to just try the game and hope one remembers what some colored squares do. The game starts and one cannot help but wonder if the makers considered just calling the game slinky. After a few minutes of play, one somehow gets through level after level and it turns out the game, while not the simplest to explain, is actually not nearly as hard to play as it seemed at first. The game actually turns out to be quite fun with reasonable graphics. A bit more sound wouldn't have hurt, but even without it, the game is engaging. 8 out of 10. So I think the Discord uh, folks agree with us on this one, Aaron.
1: You know, if you think about it, Boat, I was just pondering this as you were reading those. You've got all these different colored squares, and they do different things depending on certain items you have, right? It's almost like a dungeon crawler or something, you know what I'm saying? It's what it reminds me of, where you would go into certain areas, if you had the right object, you could, you could make certain things happen. I mean it it's real unusual. It's very, very, very tricky for a for a twitchier game. I mean, it's of all the games we played, this one stands on its own as one of the most complicated, easy games
0: I think I've ever played. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great summation. All right, Aaron. Well, as we come to the end of the show, I do want to remind everybody that if you enjoy the Coco Show, you can head on over to patreon.com/slash the Coco Show. And uh, throw us a couple bucks a month. And uh, like I said, we are uh, trying to reach our goal of making the Cocoa Show a weekly affair, a weekly Cocoa Show. Wouldn't it be lovely? Uh, And we are well on our way, including our newest patron that just came over the air as we were recording. Uh, We'd like to welcome Edvin Helland to the fold. Welcome, Edvin uh thank you so much Uh, i hope that you are uh drinking a cold one in the man cave as we speak ready Uh, to fall stream uh, ready to fall asleep on the stream later tonight um (laughs) we also want to thank robert murphy thank you uh so much he is our uh, uh uh coco show vip uh he he is the man uh steve rasmussen buttons and william becker we thank you all uh, for helping us reach our goal of $200 uh, per month, which will turn the Cocoa Show into a weekly show. Um, now, Aaron, uh, I believe I chose Springster as the last game. That makes your pick the next one. What would you like to play on the next Coco Show?
1: Let's let's try... Uh, I got one here. Let's try Polaris. I don't think we've touched Polaris, have we both? I like
0: it. I like that right. band.
1: Okay, well, there you go. I don't know who they are, so yeah, probably College Rock.
0: College Rock. We do record the show live uh, every time that we, we record. Uh, and uh, you can join us at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. We've got quite the crowd with us today. And I'd like to give them a shout out for being here with us. We got Duncan Styles doing the moderating like he always does, he's the man. Amiga Lives with us. Atten, Beach Bum, Bike Me, Bitstorm, Canadian, Retro Things, Big Cocoa Guy himself, Carbon 14XYZ, Christian Russell is with us, Cobrian, Commander Root, Christian uh, Dave Velociraptor from Scotland, he's with us, Delamort78, Edvin Helland, Broadcasting from the Man Cave, Exile in Paradise is with us. Feet, of course, Frodo and L, Hamo 1, Boss Man. I am Paul H. Level Lord, Jason Warren's cool 1978, L Curtis B, Mitsuyama, Mr. Cola, Orom, Picard 2010, Retro Rewind.ca, Rob O'Hara, Super Tech Boy, TomToms, VNK, Vigoro Pros, Wide World Retro, Wing Chun Wolf, and Z9K9. Thank good you. Guys so much for hanging out with us this afternoon. All right, Aaron. That's going to do it for this episode of the Coco Show. We will see you guys next time. Until then, all hail. El Curtis Boyle.